welcome to Podcast 27. I am your host, Haley Husby, and this is my other host for today. Drew? Hi. <laughs> I like the new intro. Thank you, Jav, from the Decent Takes show, podcast show. Just show, I say show, podcast, mm-hmm. interchangeably, you know. Same, same. Just different. Same. I suppose. I'm really excited. I'm doing a um a podcast with them coming up. It's exciting. In a few weeks. Or probably two. I'm not really sure. I've lost track of time, but it's marked on my calendar, so I know that it's <laughs> happening. So, yeah. So, a little catch up. Would you like to catch up? Catch up on what? With a hamburger. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who the fuck puts ketchup on a hamburger? That's disgusting. Who River, put, place on your cot. Who puts ketchup on anything? Anyway, I haven't done a podcast in a, in a long time, so here we are. And basically what's been going on is Drew, my husband, Hi. has had COVID. Yeah. Our pup had surgery. It's been uh, an eventful month for sure. Yeah. I'm losing my brain. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm on the come up, I feel like. I'm getting there. So yeah, why don't you walk us through the everything for your experience of COVID? Oh man. Starting from the very <laughs> beginning when you were like in the meat. You know what? No, we're going we're not going to talk about that. Just talk about <laughs> where <laughs> I mean, I guess I can start by saying that I travel for work obviously. We've discussed this before, but uh I got pretty lucky not getting it up until now. We went a whole year. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it was legitimately an entire year of me traveling and me really not taking any precautions because my job was mandatory of me traveling. But um, let me say we were taking precautions as far no, as. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just mean like I wasn't quarantining. No, I had to travel for work. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't stop at all. Um. But yeah, so pretty much as of the beginning of, or the end of March, beginning of April, I guess a couple of people at my work got sick. Um, they didn't, I don't think they knew they had COVID at first. Um, but yeah, your uncle was the first person to like test positive for COVID. Yeah. Sorry, HIPAA violation, if that's... <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he tested positive and then told the people that he was around, which was like me and two or three other people. And then all hell kind of broke loose because like eight people at my work got COVID. Um, but me and your uncle were the ones that got it the worst. We mm-hmm. We got wrecked by it. So I was planning... I was down in Mexico for work. And I kind of had an idea that there was a chance I was going to end up testing positive because your uncle tested positive right before I left. And, uh, yeah, so I got down to Mexico and we worked for the first day. And that first day I started feeling not great, but not like sick. I was just like not feeling good. And then the second day the fever hit body started aching really really could not get comfortable and that was april 3rd which it is april 23rd now and i just got cleared to go back to work so 20 days of covid so far yeah and you because you tested positive on the third correct yeah so 
I started feeling bad on the second and I tested positive on the third. Yeah. So walk us through the day by day symptoms and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start with the Mexico thing because it's an interesting story of me getting back to mm -hmm. Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, or most people know who travel, um, you have to test negative three days within three days of your flight to the United States, if you're flying internationally. And obviously I tested positive in Mexico on the third and my flight was on the fourth. So I couldn't fly back anymore. Um, I had made an arrangement with my boss saying that I wasn't getting stuck in Mexico. Regardless, we were going to drive back if I tested positive or someone, if something happened, I wasn't getting stuck. Yeah. So I can, I guess my coworker, um, guy named Steven, he's a pretty nice guy. He actually had already had COVID and wasn't really worried about getting it again, but he helped me drive back from Mexico. So the day I tested positive, we basically went back, packed up all of our stuff, hopped in the rental car and started driving towards the border. So we drove probably four hours to the border and went through border patrol crossed it and then got another rental car and started driving back and at this point i was doped up on medicine i'd taken a bunch of flu medicine and i was able to drive a little bit i drove for probably five hours before i just couldn't anymore and that was when it really started to hit me and we live in georgia by the way so this was a 22 hour drive straight that me and this guy did yeah we, basically just switched off I, I drove twice and he drove the majority of the time but yeah so basically um during this car ride i'm aching feeling like shit i mean uh, at this point i wasn't the worst i've ever felt but like i was getting there yeah and then finally got home and you know from that point i was fetal positioned in the bed for yeah. four days yeah it was um, the worst thing i'd ever seen i was bawling my eyes out like i was crying i couldn't like i, I there was n no way to explain how uncomfortable i was yeah the fever was the worst yeah at least f at that point the fever was definitely the worst it was 102 103 degree fever nonstop for nine days yeah um nothing medicine wasn't working over the counter medicine wasn't working the tylenol ibuprofen change off to try to get my fever down did not work um i think my fever broke twice during that week and it was both times right as they were sending me home from the hospital and by the time we got back home from the hospital the fever was back and i was miserable again yeah so Basically, the first five days of me being home from Mexico, I was yeah in bed, sweating, uncomfortable, couldn't move, couldn't eat, couldn't drink. Yeah, I and mean, as an like outsider taking care of someone with COVID, because a lot of people have gotten COVID and didn't have any symptoms and are still on the internet saying, I think it's bullshit and <coughs> I didn't have it bad. And I had COVID and was able to go to work the next day, which that's not <laughs> really sure that. how you're doing that. And if you are, then you're a piece of shit. Um, but 
Yeah, there were several people at my work apparently who got it and didn't have bad symptoms at all. They, yeah. they were sick for maybe a day or two and they were like, oh yeah, all I had was a headache. That's the other thing was that besides the fever, the first five days was the worst headache I think I've ever had in my entire life. I felt like somebody was hitting me in the head with a hammer while I was aching and cold and warm and couldn't get comfortable. And there were several people at my work who apparently, just like I said, had like a headache for a day or were having stomach issues for a couple of days, um, but nowhere near as bad as me and your uncle. Yeah. Me and your uncle definitely have had it the worst. I think your uncle's obviously got it worse than I did, but. Yeah. For reference, my uncle went to the hospital once, was in there for a few days, I think. Well, he was there. He went twice. And the first. I guess that he did the same thing I did where he went two different times, I think. And they sent him home both times because they wouldn't keep him. And we'll get into that story in a second too, because that was a whole nother shit show for me. But, uh, yeah. So we both ended up with COVID pneumonia, but, uh, the first two times that me and him went to the hospital, both times they would keep us there for two hours, give us IV, give us Tylenol fever would break and they'd send us home yeah after waiting for a little bit to even yeah even to get back um but yeah i mean at that point i felt like i was dying i mean i felt like i couldn't breathe my chest hurt um my head was still killing me i was a 103 degree fever they just kept sending me home and they kept sending dj home too and finally we went up the third time to paulding county hospital yeah and within five minutes of us being in there in the triage, they were like, yeah, you're getting the next room. The yeah. lobby was packed with people, but I was sick. Like, I mean, I was. Yeah. This isn't like an exaggeration no. or like a pity party or whatever <laughs> people think like people that have had COVID and haven't had it bad and only see it from their perspective. It's really hard to put yourself in a position to be like, oh, I can't imagine it being that bad. Yeah. And I and I don't want to over exaggerate when I say like I felt like I was dying. Like there was times where I was laying in bed where I felt like I was like I was like, this could be the end. Like this could I can't breathe. I can't move. I can't eat. I can't keep water down. Yeah. Like- it was to the point where I think there was one night where I had you make me some Theraflu and within like 10 minutes of me drinking it, I threw everything back up into a plastic bag that yeah. you ran and brought in. Yeah. And I just puked my guts up and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was stomach cramps, nausea, headache, couldn't breathe. Yeah. Whole socks was in the eighties for the most part, even just laying still and moving around it would drop down even more i couldn't even like walk i was like Mm -hmm. and the times that we went to the er before the time that you finally got like admitted for a while like the first time they sent you home it wasn't it was bad but it wasn't as bad as it was gonna be then we went to kennestone kennestone was like he's young He's in the peak of it. This is what we're seeing by this time. You know, just do this, this, and this. They told him that he had pneumonia, but didn't send him home with anything. And if you have pneumonia, like, obviously you need... need antibiotics. Yeah. And so they didn't do that. And I had called. I called up there twice within the same day to be like... Because my mom... (laughs) Yes. So Mama Bear heard about them not giving me antibiotics and she was livid. She's a nurse. Oh, man. She was mad. Obviously, she's been doing this throughout the entire 
pandemic so far. And um, I called up there, asked to speak to whatever the head of whatever. And the same thing both times, the same guy was on the phone. I was like, I remember talking to you, um, the doctor, you know, if he doesn't recommend antibiotics for pneumonia, then that's in his, you know, best judgment and he'll be fine. And I was like, well, he's not fine. I was getting worse. I was like, yeah, like it's getting worse. He's not fine. He should have come home with some sort of medication, which also could like also was probably my fault for not saying something there. But I also didn't know to really ask for well, anything. Neither, neither did I. I mean, the first two times we went, actually the second time we went, I don't even think I was responsive for the most part. I was just like, I felt like I was dying. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't want to keep like. Because I was communicating that, for you. I couldn't even talk. Like I couldn't even. Yeah. I, I was fetal positioned like bawling my eyes out like yeah and so they sent us home I had called whatever the next morning you texted me I was sleep we were sleeping like separately and um we checked his pull or his oxygen it was 82 went straight to the emergency room and when we got in a room I think there were two or three nurses in there at the time and they had asked if you had pneumonia and if they sent you home with anything. And when we said no, all of them looked like, why the fuck yeah, didn't they send they were, you home so, with they anything? Were, they were so confused. Yeah. And, like, but that's the thing is like when we went the third time, um, when they finally were like, you're getting the next room, the lobby was packed. Like I said, there was a tons of people in there. And I mean, I'm not sure what everybody was in there for, but I was in bad enough shape to where the triage people who did all my, my pulse ox and my blood pressure and everything, they, were immediately like yeah you're too sick to go home. go home you're gonna get into a room we're gonna keep you here for at least a couple of days get you on some medication and i spent a day and a half in the er room which was miserable that night was probably the worst night i felt ever in my entire life um and it was also because the nurse there was not taking care of me it kind of seemed like she didn't want to be there it was one of those nights where like i guess she just it seemed like she wanted nothing to do with her job yeah and i know that i had covid so i know it was like you couldn't come in there as much or they were had protocols to no plots plots dog sorry she's whining she wants attention river plots good girl <laughs> um but yeah so that was the worst night i've ever felt in my entire life i stayed with 103 degree fever the entire night it was like 102.9 to 103.5 whatever it was it was it was up there and the tylenol wasn't breaking my fever they had started me that night on remdesivir is what it's called and i guess what that is is that is like antibodies from people who handled covid well and it's like a transfusion <clears throat> of those antibodies into somebody who's not handling it well to try to get the body to start i guess reproducing those um but yeah i spent like 20 something hours in that er room waiting for a recovery room yeah to start getting uh i guess more specialized treatment more more focus so once they moved me up into the other room, it was a really nice room, really nice people up there. It seemed like everybody up there cared. Um, I started getting medicine and 
they had me on like a a schedule where all my medicine was coming in at like four or five in the morning and I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't get comfortable up there either. I mean, there was no real good rest in the hospital. I don't think anybody ever really does rest well yeah. in, in the hospital, but, uh, so I spent four more days in that room. So a total of, I, it was almost six days. It was five and a half days I spent in the hospital, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I'd say day four was when I really started to not feel sick. I just couldn't breathe still. And I, I, I still am having issues where if I move around a whole lot, I'll get winded, but not nearly as bad as what it was. I mean, it was to the point where I couldn't even walk river outside yeah, without being out of breath and needing to like lay, lay back down. Yeah. And the thing is, or the thing was, is like coming home, you needed to be doing like a breathing treatment and walking every hour, which is hard when you don't have energy and you don't want to do anything and you want to sleep and stuff. But to help prevent getting blood clots, you have to, you know, keep moving around and everything, even if it's for a little bit. And even that was taking all of the energy. And um, I don't know, altogether, it was just really scary, especially the days leading up to going or the days where we were off and on in the hospital before you got admitted, like trying to take care of you, but not knowing what you needed. And there wasn't really anything I could do regardless on top of everything that was going on with River at the time too. And yeah, that just do a whole nother wrench in the plan. So River had a stomach issue where her, I guess her intestines had like fused together or yeah. like twisted and she was not doing well. She couldn't hold down food and she was feeling sick. Yeah. And, and it, that was the time where like in the midst of you being in the hospital and getting out right before you were in there. And I was at the ER with River. I took her to about 6 p.m. and stayed there until 2 a.m. in the parking lot before they told me I could go home. I just stayed there because I didn't know if we were going to get to take her home or not. And then them keeping her until the morning, doing x-rays, saying that it looked like a blockage, but there was a lot of like gas in the x-rays and stuff. And then giving me the option to do all of these things for her. Um, eventually we took her home and I ran her by a vet that our trainer suggested because the, the ER vet, we have, we've had River on a raw diet and that worked for us. We never had any issues with it. A lot of people have a lot of opinions and things to say about it, but it it worked really well for River. And so they kind of made it seem like because of her raw diet, there was something that could have caused what was going on, even though at the sure, ER, be in the case, but, yeah, which the ER had no idea what was going on. They were just able to hook her up to some IVs. And, and even then it took her hours before they were even able to see her because it was packed. That was the one time we took her that it was packed. And... So I take her by the vet that morning. She throws up in the vet's office. And from the smell of it, they were like, something is definitely blocking to where this smells like there's bacteria and she can't pass anything. So then I go call a couple of vets, find one that's able to take her in that day and get her surgery uh, because she needed immediate surgery that day. There was no waiting around for it. And they were very great, very nice, uh, very thorough and... Um, once they cut her open and started surgery, 
they completed everything and then called me and said that there was no blockage whatsoever. It was just that her stomach and intestines had twisted and like fused together to the point where it had tur- they her insides had turned purple because there was lack of blood flow, and um, all they they didn't have to cut into her intestines or anything. They just went in and like untwisted them, and her recovery's been really great. Um, but the fact that that wasn't really there wasn't anything we could have done to prevent that, and it could happen again. Most yeah, likely won't, but we, we've decided to take her off of the raw diet um, just because of the complications that she's had with her stump. This is the second time she's had surgery. First time because she um, <laughs> chewed up like a stuffed animal and got blockage. Yeah. And, and yes, just she, she, she definitely <laughs> had her moments of. Yeah. But also she would go through phases where she was really picky with the raw diet. She would only want chicken or then she yeah. would only want beef. And then she wouldn't eat like certain raw things that we were giving her because she's just very picky. And then when they gave her her medicine at the hospital and gave her food, she was eating their food fine. Whereas we went through that phase with her giving her kibble, she stopped eating it. What food? She stopped eating it. They gave her what food and she ate it, gave her her medicine. She ate it. She took it fine, even though it was disguised. But when we were disguising her food, no matter her (laughs) medicine, she would not. She knew. She would spit it out. (laughs) Yeah, she would just find find it. it And she just knew what we were trying to do. So I just decided to keep doing what the hospital did because that's what was working. Yeah. And and she's she's been passing nice. And yeah. It's been it's been good, so I think we're gonna keep her on the the wet food. Yeah, and, and because now she had now that we know she has sensitive stomach issues, we can keep her on kind of like the prescription diet or like um, sensitive stomach kind of diet. And <laughs> why does she look like she's just so dramatic right now? <laughs> she is. She's all sprawled out on the floor. She looks so sad when she's got her like shaved all. She does. Shaved stomach. She's super happy. She's got a lot of energy. And she wants to play, but we got to keep her a little bit under wraps until we get her sutures out. Yeah. But yeah, so all that was going on while I was in the hospital. Um, yeah. I couldn't help out at all with any of that, obviously. I was dying. Um, so yeah, I guess back to getting out of the hospital. Like we said, I came back home and had to basically rest a lot. <clears throat> And then get up and move around every hour to try to keep my lungs going. And I'm still working on that. But yeah, yeah it's been a it's been a process and I've gone stir crazy now. Yeah. I'm so tired of being home. I finally got cleared for work today. Um went to the doctor, had chest x-rays done, EKG. Everything's checked out. Um I'm back on the road to getting my stuff back together but it's been a rough month yeah and <laughs> some of the at, like people at work were really worried family was really worried and stuff but some of the things that i've heard or seen people say like one person was like well at least you know he doesn't have to get the vaccine since he had covid and i was like it's not really how that works but and then it was the whole thing of like well, we shouldn't really even have to get a vaccine. And I was like, well, maybe if for the past year you guys would have fucking worn masks and done what you were <laughs> supposed to do, we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, I mean, this this whole thing has been a mess. But as far as the vaccine goes, I was really hesitant. And I I'm, I still am, but I'm going to get it. Um, But I talked to my doctor today about it. 
and it's a different kind of vaccine. Um, it's not like the flu vaccine where it has traces of the flu in it to try to help your body fight it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's not like that at all. It's a completely different type of vaccine where it doesn't have any traces of coronavirus in it. it it's just to try to help your body prevent the antibodies. But I've now got to wait 90 days since I had the transfusion, the remdesivir. Um, I've got to wait until the antibodies are out of my system. But she said, if I catch it again, there's a good chance it's going to be worse than it was before. And if that's the case, I'm just going to die. Cause there, there's I cannot no, imagine how. There's it, no way. There's no way. No, because even when you had it at that really <coughs> bad point, it was like, I remember trying to help you and you being like, if I have to go through this again, like I'd rather just die. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds dramatic. It does. I get it. People are going to be like, oh, you're being over But at the same but time, when you're looking at someone and you, like, I could tell you were in. I, my brain was baking. Yeah. Like, it felt like I I, I had no clear headspace. Yeah. And you're, like, young, you're healthy, I think, because people were like, oh, well, what underlying issues does he have? Or what, um, how old is he again? And all this stuff. And I'm like. Yeah, so what, I'm, you I'm guys, 27. Yeah, I'm like. And my doctor today talked to me about it and basically said the same thing. Was like, her and her. I guess her coworker, her other doctor that works with her, she said that like she was talking to him about me and they were talking about how I'm 27. I don't have any underlying health issues. I'm not like a super fat guy. I mean, I'm, I'm bigger, but I'm not super fat or yeah. And her, the doctor was just like, I just can't believe someone 27, like going through it that bad. And I mean, I can only imagine if people had health issues like that, like that would have been the perfect storm for them to die. Like that would have been, yeah. I mean, my grandmother is now in the hospital with COVID. God bless her soul. Yeah. She's, uh, she's got Parkinson's and she's dealing with some other stuff, but, uh, yeah, I FaceTimed her a little bit and said, Hey, and she's, she's doing not great, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah. like people like her that I'm so worried because if she gets it anywhere near as bad as I did, there's no way she's surviving. it. Yeah. And it's hard to think about that. It is very hard. I just, some of the things that I hear on a daily basis at work or through like conversation in line somewhere, it's really ridiculous. Like, I don't know. I get it. We're ready to have our, you know, our fun time back. And the whole like mask versus freedom thing is irrelevant to me because that makes no fucking sense to me. Just wear (laughs) this piece of cloth over your face. I think you'll be fine. Um, But first of all, when, you know, when I'm at work, the last thing that I want to hear is someone challenging me in a roundabout way of like, oh, well, you know, at least he didn't have it like this, or like, at least he doesn't have to get the vaccine or my client told me this, this, and this. And I'm like, also like your client's not a doctor. Most of the time, these people are getting information from Facebook that half the time is not true or the fact check, it says it's false. And like, if someone you know is sick and you like I took off like a week and a half of work maybe because you couldn't do anything at home, you were in the hospital, like that's something super serious. That I guess other people are like, oh, you know, it could be worse or whatever, but it was worse. Like it it wasn't a matter of like, yeah, it can always be worse in a situation. But if you're like, don't say something like that to me when you know, I'm looking at you in the bed and there's no way that I can help you. And you're close to like wanting to just end it all because 
you're so, so sick. And I don't think people realize just how bad it is. It doesn't matter how old you are or what the situation is. Like you have, you can get it. You can still very well just get it. And it's super annoying having people insert their opinions or like their political conspiracies when we're looking at it in the face, especially with the whole flu thing. It's like, oh, we haven't had, you know, the cases of flu are down dramatically. And I'm like, it's almost like these masks are doing what they're (laughs) supposed to do. I don't know what the argument is supposed to be. I get, I, I understand where people are coming from as far as the logic behind, Oh, well, other sicknesses just don't go away. And that's true. They don't, they don't just go away, but those masks are not just for coronavirus. They they've helped so many other colds and flus and things that are contagious because people are wearing masks. It's not, people don't understand that or like put the two and two together. And I, okay. And I, and I understand that there's, there's a lot of conservative people out there who like are, freedom like don't don't take away my rights kind of people but at the same time like my grandmother being in the hospital and me being hospitalized and your uncle being hospitalized all of those things kind of like trump the fact of like okay so i get you want to go out and party with your friends and hang out and do all these things and you want your life back like you want to live your life free i get that but it's not worth any of us dying. Yeah. And that makes more sense to me now. Um, I, I wasn't as worried about COVID pre pre having it. Obviously I wasn't as worried because I thought if I ever got it, it would be like, I would be sick for two or three days and be okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it has definitely changed my mind. You can be 25 years old and, end up in the hospital and almost dying yeah or you could pass it on to someone's grandmother and kill someone's grandmother and that's the thing is like when i see people make facebook statuses that are like why are people bullying me when i just want to go out and have a good time and you know whatever and i've seen people get covid and it's not that bad and you're all (laughs) sheeps like wake up and you know you're just like part of the whatever like first of all being the whole like woke american conspiracy theorist like is very old and also like maybe care about other people if you don't care about yourself care about other people is the weirdest thing to me everybody has their experiences and that that's true with like any situation in the world any situation everybody has the reasons they believe they believe the things they do because of their personal experiences and mine are obviously changed now and shaped differently because of my experience. But I can only tell people from my experience that like, this is a very serious thing and we're not out of the woods of it yet. We are getting there with the vaccine and everybody getting vaccinated. Luckily you didn't get it. I mean, that was one thing that you've had half the vaccine, right? I get the second half on Monday. Yeah. So you've had half the vaccine and you didn't get it from me, which was an amazing feat. I haven't gotten it at all. Not that I know (laughs) of. If I did, I was asymptomatic, but I've gotten tested multiple times and all the times have been negative. 
even the times that I was like around you or like my sister or whatever, when she had it and didn't know. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can tell people till you're blue in the face that like, you know, be careful, try to be mindful of other people. Please wear a mask. Don't be going out to Buckhead or Atlanta, like any of these places. And, you know, getting in these crowds of people. I know people are excited to see things that are opening up and capacity at places are getting back to like max capacity and stuff. But like, I don't think we're as close to overcoming the pandemic as people think that we are. And like, we're, we're way on our way. I mean, as far as the vaccine goes, I'm not sure what the future is going to hold for it as far as how the vaccine is going to actually work. But, but, um, place on your cot. She's like, no, I don't want to go on, on my cot. cot. I want to be part of the podcast. I want to have a pupcast. Good girl. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure where, where it's headed. Um, but I do think that we're on our way to getting everything back and yeah. mask not being needed. I mean, not being a mandatory thing everywhere. Um, it's going to take some time, but yeah, I just wanted people to know it's a very serious thing. And even if you don't have underlying health issues, it can put you in the hospital and make you feel like you're dying. And yeah, I can only imagine that it could, it could have been worse. Obviously I'm alive and well now, but it could have been much, much worse. Yeah. Um, yeah that was rough yeah i have never seen you like that before like never see really never seen you cry in general maybe shed a tear over like pikachu over one video and then like maybe on our wedding day and then other than that i was like oh my god like i there's literally no way i can help do anything i think after all of it my i just get so frustrated with other people and that's just like the ignorance of people is you know i have seen dip some people a lot differently in the way that they think about just caring about other people. The whole idea of us just being this <coughs> test for the government to like wipe out people or whatever the case is. It, I don't know. It's just no. stupid. And really? I make myself not get in a lot of Facebook arguments over just stupid things. Like I get, you want to go to your shows and you want to go to your concerts and your festivals and your bars and do all of this stuff. But uh, it's, you know, do what you want, I guess, but don't be mad when people are, you know, calling you out for it. And if you are going to get mad about calling you out for it, then like, if you don't like that, then know that you're also part of the problem. And if you're okay with that, then like, you know, you can be okay with that and I'm going to judge the fuck out of you. But yeah, hopefully we're on our way out of the, the COVID business. And I hope that also it's a, no, not everyone's going to get the vaccine. People are like, no, I don't know what's in it. And like, you're, do you not realize you're being a test rat and look at the government the microchip thing? It's all stupid. I mean, that's not, no, no you're not important enough to get a microchip put inside of you. Nobody gives a fuck. You have a cell phone, (laughs) an Apple cell phone and a social security number. Like I'm pretty sure like you'll, you're going to be okay. Yeah. But, but after all that, um, 
what are you most looking forward to doing once everything is open and everything's back to normal? I don't know. I'm, I think as far as like things that I want to do once things are cleared back up, I just want to be able to like go out to a movie and dinner and not think about, do I have a mask? Do I need to stay six feet away from somebody or like, we haven't seen a movie in over a year and that was something that we did a lot. Yeah. We, 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 we make that a, a habit to go see movies and get out and enjoy pop culture and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I'm probably most excited to go back out and do that kind of thing without restriction, but I know that it needs to wait. So I'm not, yeah, not super. I think I'm ready to go to the masquerade. <laughs> live <or> music. <laughs> live music is the last live music show we, we went to was the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I miss them. <laughs> but going to the masquerade or like the tabernacle and like probably someone spitting in my mouth or like not like on purpose, but you know, like <laughs> just being sweaty and someone elbowing me in the face and just like spilling a someone's drink on me. Like, I wonder just, how how the hygiene thing is going to change from now on. Like, I have a feeling a lot of people are still not going to wear deodorant. Like, they're not going to care. <laughs> um, uh, what a time! And also, like things that I wasn't really aware of before that were like super gross. I don't know, like bowling. <laughs> was one of those things where I'm like bowling and eating food at the same time and then like putting my hands in a bowling ball, which like, yeah, other people are like, that's common sense. That's gross. But like, also, I've never thought about that. And we I did go bowling right before I went to Mexico. We did. Mm-hmm. We did do that. But we were but it was also like everyone was we were wearing masks. We were far apart from other bowlers. There were the little curtains in between. And yeah, we we kind of kept our distance from everybody yeah we even played laser tag and it was just me and you and laser tag (laughs) i have to say (coughs) it was not that fun for me it was not (laughs) laser tag over time has become not fun for me because i don't know what it is but every time that i've played laser tag i have an anxiety attack really bad and my asthma is like starts going out of control yeah we're just just, we're past that point we can't do laser tag anymore and it's i don't know why but i get so scared of being like in a dark room with a bunch of people trying to run nobody in there i know and that made it worse that's like (laughs) a thing for my nightmares is like someone's chasing me trying to like shoot at me oh my god it's so weird but yeah but we ate before we went bowling whereas like other times i would just be snacking and bowling and putting my fingers on the ball and then eating chicken finger yeah you just wouldn't even think about it no. before but now it's a whole different world but yeah so COVID 19 real stuff crazy wear your mask please be safe please be safe and wash your hands and wear your mask i don't really know what else there is to talk about other than that no i think that's pretty much it on COVID. great well thanks for listening thank you for um sharing your COVID 19 2021 story <laughs> can't believe that we're still here doing pandemic control we're gonna get through this but but yeah thanks for listening i hope you guys have a great night if you did listen if you didn't listen then don't have a great night i hope it's (laughs) bad (laughs) just kidding have a good night okay bye